Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, as I was reading Jesus' end-time sermon here in Mark, while watching a bunch of YouTube videos, it occurred to me that there's a fine line between being a nutjob Looney Tunes preacher and a preacher that's well-respected. But the line isn't drawn only between preachers who predict the end of the world as we know it and those who don't, nor is it drawn only between these sign-waving street corner preachers and preachers who wear albs in a pulpit like I do. It's also drawn between people who have different convictions about how the world will end, between people who speak about it rightly and those who don't. So, the YouTube videos I watched all sketched out these different series of events that, like the falling of the first domino, could ultimately and inevitably lead to the world's demise. For example, in several videos, scientists explained how everything would die if a meteor big enough would hit the Earth like one did 65 million years ago, which deep-sixed the dinosaurs. According to them, we're already 10 to 15 million years overdue for another one like that. Another video said that if terrorists would ever nuke the United States, they would set off World War III and generally posterize human life like a pigeon hitting a plate glass window. Yet another video warned that global warming And pollution could set off this catastrophic chain of events that would make the earth uninhabitable. So after watching the cheery news, I thought to myself, well, we really need to do something about these threats before we kill ourselves. The folks who suggest that we could destroy the earth are certainly not wackos. They are respected scientists and statesmen, and their predictions are all plausible. A lot of us believe them and want to do whatever we can to save the earth from ourselves. A lot of churches focus on just these issues, social justice, anti-war efforts, the environmental movement, as they work to save the world from a destruction wrought by humanity. But then there's this other group of people who are suspected of being from the shallow end of the gene pool because it stubbornly holds on to some badly outdated and even dangerous beliefs. I'm talking about the Jesus is coming crowd, who think that words like the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the heavens do not refer to disasters at the hand of man or meteor, but refer instead to the undoing of the whole created universe, the whole created order, when God, and specifically Jesus, steps in one more time. Given what science tells us and what we hear every day of our lives, global warming is a much bigger threat than Jesus. This religious idea is not only intellectually suspect, but offensive because it asserts that God, if there is a God, is a vengeful God and that ultimately he controls us and everything else. This doomsday scenario also divides humanity into winners and losers, all decided by God. That one verse grates on modern sensibilities. 
Then he will send the angels and gather the elect from the four corners of the earth. Uh Uh-huh. The world is going to end when Jesus comes back and all hell breaks loose in the universe and Jesus orders his angels to gather his chosen people. See, that sounds screwy on so many levels. It leaves too many people out. It assumes that God is this harsh judge. It is unscientific, and it lacks evidence. No wonder people laugh at our story, and no wonder we hesitate to talk about it outside of places like this. There's no way around that difficulty. There is no way, really, to make that message go down easier or make it sound more plausible. It is an offensive message. And yet, it is a message that we can't ignore either because it is not a message that is extraneous to what following Jesus is all about. It is not just this add-on to the Christian experience, but it is the essence of who and what we are as God's people. It is certainly our future, but it is also our past and very much our present. In a sense, following Jesus, you see, means that every day of our lives is judgment day. There's this one YouTube video that helps me make that point. The video showed a picture of massive piles of steel girders left from a city that had been destroyed by a nuclear bomb, I think. Smoke and dust obscured everything. There was no sign of life anywhere. And in the middle of the smoking, silent ruins stood a cross. The past had been thrust down into the middle of the future, and both were to be seen together. You see, our message is that in the cross of Christ, the world has had its judgment day, the day when God poured out his wrath on sin and evil. It was a day of darkness, you will remember, a day when the foundation shook, a day from the future folding back, being thrust into the middle of our history and our time. And on that day, too, God's elect one got the resurrection. When his own angels rolled the stone from the tomb and Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus rose as the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep, the first of the future resurrected in the past, Judgment Day, the salvation of God's elect, history. But our present experience as well, because the Judgment Day experience of the elect one is also given to us given once in our baptism when we were buried with Christ and raised with him, and also given daily as the Holy Spirit moves us in repentance from contrition to faith, from condemnation to forgiveness, from death to life. The daily drowning of the old Adam and the daily resurrection of the new man is the experience of Christ, and by it the Holy Spirit makes us one of the elect, God's chosen. He does that now already and also on that last day when he will gather us to be with him. So you see, for the repentant Christian, in a sense, every day is judgment day as we wait for that last day to be revealed to us. And so as nutty as it might sound to the rest of the world, we bring final judgment and salvation to people when we bring Christ to them. 
As Luther says, in Christ the devil is judged, the deed is done, one little word can fell him. And through our preaching of that word, the Holy Spirit continues to defeat Satan and death and hell, continues the gathering of his elect until that final day of revelation. And he does that no matter what anyone else may say. I'm sure that every day the plausible beliefs of this age exert their pressure upon us, urging us to free ourselves from the tyranny of our beliefs and to accommodate to the way the rest of the world looks at things, the way the rest of the world thinks and lives. But just that often, we turn to the Word of God and we cling to Christ and to His promise. We trust the Holy Spirit to keep us safe until that day comes at last. Amen.